Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan of CNET. The Valorant Champions is set to kick off this Wednesday in Istanbul, Turkey, serving as a conclusion to the Valorant Champions Tour 2022. This will be the first championship to take place in front of a live crowd. Turkish fans will miss out on seeing Mehmet Sinet Ipek, but each group is packed with strong teams that will make for some intense competition. To give us a preview of what to expect over the next 20 days is Dot Esports' Scott Robertson. Scott, thanks so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Scott, when it comes to... Actually, I have this. So, Scott, leading up to Champions itself, give us kind of a rundown of the season itself and what were some of the big upsets? Ooh, so, there were a lot of surprising so we'll start in north america which is where kind of it, that garners a lot of attention a lot of viewership is where i primarily focus on covering um mm-hmm. it was a very interesting year consistently you saw optic uh, the former team envy roster from last year uh sort of look like the top dog or at least, at least consensus top two through virtually the entire year and through each stage we saw like a new team that was kind of either not as highly regarded um, sort of emerge as as the top two team next to them. So in stage one, this was the guard, uh, a relatively unproven team of, of players that didn't have a ton of t- tier one experience kind of catch on fire and then uh, attend their first international event where they they, 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 they failed to live up to expectations there, but um, still were way ahead of schedule where they should be. In stage two, it was Xset who was constantly finishing as like the fourth place team throughout 2022 and 2021. They finally had their breakthrough um, during stage two. They finished first. They went to Masters Copenhagen and they, did, and they did well enough to earn a trip to champions where they'll be. So they'll be competing in Istanbul. And then in LCQ, a hundred thieves who have gone through just a massive amount of roster changes over the past year. Their original roster was steel and Hiko and nitro. That's all gone. They tried to bring in, Baby J and Eccles to begin this year. That went up in flames. And so now this really young core of just super talented players have just really gelled together under coach Sean Gares. And they were the breakout team for... So there were there were only two stages this year instead of three. But they, their breakout uh, setting was the last chance qualifier where they absolutely dominated the last two games, back-to-back 3-0s, in order to uh, reach champions. Awesome. And, you know, let's go into the groups themselves, right? So in Group A, we have Paper X, Edward Gaming, uh, Leviathan, and Team Liquid. I actually want to focus on Edward Gaming. So correct me if I'm wrong, but this is China's first Valorant team to make it to Champions? Yeah, so this is the first time where a Chinese team, I think, has even been capable of qualifying for an event. Um, Mm -hmm. The Chinese scene has kind of got off to a slower start just because, you know, of the rules and restrictions in China. Uh, Valorant has not been, like, had not been officially, like, approved. Like, everything in China has to go through the government for approval uh, Mm -hmm. in regards to censorship and things. So it took a while for the uh, Chinese teams and the Chinese uh, scene to kind of get off its feet. Um, But honestly, Edward Gaming is quite literally the perfect... Um, debut team for an entire region that many have high hopes for. They're super, so they're super young. Even by Valorant standards, most teams average an age of like early to mid 20s. This team's average age is 19. Mm. And they're all playmakers. They're all aggressive. They all go for wild peaks and they all make great plays together. Um, And they're coming off of a great performance. They went to the East Asia LCQ with one other Chinese team. Um, They played against Korean teams and Japanese teams. And they went perfect. They went. They they didn't drop a single map. They went all the way through the the upper bracket. 
Um, they look dominant on Fracture. Uh, this is going to, I mean, this is, this is, I think this could be a really exciting debut for China. Um, a really exciting debut for these players. I think for them, I think the, 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 the gap between their floor and ceiling is massive. This is a team that could, you know, kind of burn up in the bright lights and get toasted by teams like Paper X or Team Liquid, um, or even Leviathan, who have who have some international experience themselves. Or honestly, they could be like a, they could be competing for a top four slot in front of a crowd. I mean, th- I think th- they are they are the wild card essentially of this entire tournament, and especially this group. We know how good Paper X is. We know how good Liquid is when Scream and Yampy are cooking, and we saw some really good stuff out of Leviathan at uh, at, at uh, Copenhagen. So I think Edward Gaming is going to be one of the most much. Well, it definitely has to be one of the most must watch teams at this tournament. And what's even more remarkable is that China isn't really known as an FPS powerhouse, um, yet here they are. Yeah, so China's uh, China has been sort of in terms of uh, FP, uh, FPSs, they've been around in CSGO. So in the Asian scene, uh, pretty much one of the biggest names in Asian CSGO has been Tai Lu Gaming, who are a Chinese team, primarily Chinese players. And over the past few years, Tai Lu, along with teams like uh, MVP PK out of Korea have consistently been like the primary Asian representative at uh, like major tournaments and majors. Um, very rarely have these teams notch impressive wins over top international teams from places like EU, CIS, North America. Um, but they are always consistently doing the best in 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 Asia. So uh, China is not completely new to FPSs, and of course, um, you know China has a pretty sizable uh, sizable. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, China is 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 has has been around Overwatch for a while as well. Um, a lot of competitive players they have obviously have a ton of Overwatch franchises based mm-hmm. in China. Um, so they're not completely new to FPS. Um, but unlike unlike other Valorant teams, which comprise of a lot of former FPS players, obviously we sell out a lot in North America EMEA, a lot of former CSGO players, then you get some former, you get a couple from games like Overwatch, Apex, um, Crossfire even. Um, this seems like it's a lot of, this, this Edward Gaming team seems like it's a lot of players who, this is their first real game that they're playing professionally. Like they are very new to this. As I said, they're very young. And uh, like I said, they're going to be they're going to be fun to watch. I can't wait to, mm. to to watch your opening match. And speaking of past FPS teams in Group B, we have Optic, Boom, Zeta, and Loud. I mean, what are your? What, I mean, how is Group B looking like right now? And uh, and kind of your analysis. Uh, it, I mean, honestly, it looks like it looks like it's Optic's group to win. Mm. Um, this team has been a consent. I mean, they won Masters Reykjavik. They finished, I believe, top four. In Masters Copenhagen, they have been a consensus top two team in North America, which is a very deep and competitive region. Um, Optic looked a little shake more shakier in Copenhagen, but I mean, even it, it was still an it was a bit of a slow start for Ye, who was of course like arguably one of one of if not the best players in the world. Um, I think if they kind of shake off those you know shake off those cobwebs and 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 shake a little bit of that rust off, they've had a lot of time to prep. Um, I'm really fond of FNSs and IGL and of their coach and, and, and of coach Chet. I feel like Copenhagen, like, I don't, I don't see this team like flaming out or getting, I, I, I think they'll be prepared for teams like Boom and Zeta. And of course they've, they've, they've had a great rivalry with Loud over the past two tournaments. Um, I could easily, I don't think Loud's going to, going to fizzle out like they did in Copenhagen. 
Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm predicting Optic will win over Loud in the winner's match, and Optic will comfortably reach playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Boom is very... So aside from Edward Gaming, Boom Esports is, is the only team that is making their international debut. Every other team at this tournament has been to a Masters or been to Champions last mm-hmm. year. I mean, I mean, 100 Thieves, the, only Austin is the only player left um, in terms of, uh, you know, he, he went to Masters Berlin last year with the Champions last year with that old roster. So most of most of the 100 Thieves roster are making their debut. Are making their debut. But Boom, who is an Indonesian team, um, this is their first tournament. I, I'm, I'm excited to see them. APAC, as we've seen from with teams like Paper Rex, um, and as we, Asia as a whole um, is is such a stacked region. Um, when we start looking at partnership next year, we look at the Super Leagues. Um, looking at the Asian League, you're going to have the best teams from Korea. You're going to have you're probably going to have Edward Gaming. You're going to have Paper Rexture, and maybe Boom will join them out of APAC. And, and I'm excited to see what they do here. Well, speaking of uh, other Chinese teams that are uh, making it out, we have at in Group C FPX <laughs> along with uh, KRU Xset and what is it Xerxia? Xerxia. Zersha. <laughs> uh, yeah, when it comes to C, I mean, uh, FPX obviously has um, a lot of skin in this. Uh, are they kind of the favorites to win Group C? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, FPX, even when they were fielding so um, a, a really talented roster of EMEA and CIS players, um, led by a, like one of the most well-regarded CSGO veterans in Angel, um, and just absolutely stacked to the brim with with some of the best players in the world. Shao, Sugetsu, Artis. Um, this is this is easily. I think this is the best roster that is at this tournament. And of course, they showed they showed that stuff in Masters Copenhagen, winning the tournament. And crew crew, you have to commend crew. They have. I think they're the only team now that has literally been to every single international event. I don't think crew have missed a single one. I think they're mm-hmm. the only team now to do it. Um, I think Zersha and Exit are are very are very good teams. Of course, every team here is good. It's 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 a world championship. There are no bad teams here. But FPX has just been operating on an entirely different level. They're they they shown they can they can handle different styles of teams. So the aggress the refined ag- aggression of Paper Rex, um, Optic, Fnat, uh, slower styles like Fnatic, um, uh, more precise you know strategic teams like Optic. They can handle anyone. Anyone on the team can really pop off and make plays. Yeah, this is this is this is going to be FBX's. I'm curious to see. I think Exec could. I think Exec could sneak in as the second team, but I would be shocked if FBX is not first out of this group. Uh, leading FBX is Angel. He himself is also Ukrainian. Um, have we gotten any updates about how the war is affecting uh, maybe his personal life, his family, his ability to play? Well, there. I believe there was a bit of an issue where. Um, at Masters Copenhagen, I, from what I've heard and what I think was reported, not by me, but from what I heard, he, um, he wasn't able to walk out on stage with the Ukrainian flag, and that was a bit of a that, that kind of rubbed him the wrong way. Hmm. Um, so I, I I I would hope to see him be able to do that this time around, if that's something he wants to do. At the end of the day, you know, sometimes these players they just they just use you know high level pro play, focusing on the tournament as a way to sort of like distance themselves from the very harsh reality of, of, of an ongoing war and invasion that I think a lot of people forget is, is still going on. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, this is his home that's being ravaged by war and, you know, whether or not he wants to continue to draw attention to it um, or whether he just wants to focus on Valorant and it's entirely his choice. And I think anyway, everyone here should, uh, everyone watching should, you know, have a 
respect his choice and just have a profound appreciation for not only his lengthy career and, and the longevity of it, but being able to play at a high level uh, while you're dealing with all that kind of stuff at home. It, very commendable mm-hmm. in my eyes. And in the final group, we have Group D. It's uh, DRX, Furia, Fnatic, and 100 Thieves. Um, any predictions out of this group? So this is a very this is a fun group, and it's very interesting. Um, so Fnatic, um, it's interesting. DRX and Fnatic are almost two sides of two sides two sides of a actually not two sides of the same coin. They're on they're they're two completely different coins. DRX always looks really good in the group stage. They look really confident. They usually win both their their both their first matches and cruise in the playoffs. And it's when they get to playoffs that's when they begin to falter. Um, I can't. It's been at least two or three times now where they look dominant at a group stage. They get to playoffs and then they lose two out of the three matches. They're out in fifth or sixth, and it's mm. it, it's very frustrating because of you know the expectations that we have for Korea as a region, especially when this team was playing under Division Strikers banner, and they were like they set some un un unsurma- insurmountable <laughs> perfect record of like eighty something or one hundred and twenty something and oh like maps in a row that they didn't or matches in a row that they didn't that they what they won and Mm. so i would love to see i mean there's no better time than the world championship for them to finally fix those playoff lows and then you got Fnatic, who have kind of sometimes come up to like a slower start in groups but then they turn it up for playoffs um outside of yay you probably have the best player in the world and durka um, and then you mentioned at the top of the show CNED not being at this tournament, but Fnatic will still get the home crowd boost. Uh, Alfayer, their young, uh, one of their young prospects, only 17 from Turkey. Uh, crowd, the, the crowd is absolutely going to be like, if there is a crowd buff, it will definitely be ha- helping Fnatic. Um, and then 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves are still like, 100 Thieves are riding, are playing their best Valorant. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think I talked about 100 Thieves um, mm-hmm. a little bit. It's 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 so impressive to see where this team was at the beginning of the year. Um, they were they were o two and they were o they, they started with a horrible start to stage one. They immediately made roster moves and essentially hit the reset button complete between stages. They cha- they shook up leadership. They completely rebuilt the roster and now they're in champ. Then now they're in champ- now at the world championship. Uh, similar to the guard in stage one, where I feel like it's a bit ahead of schedule. But hey, if you're if you're in fine form and and you're playing your best Valorant and you feel like even if you don't win this tournament, like like I don't think anyone's expecting a hundred thieves to be the champions at the end of it. So play off those expectations. Just be like, hey, no one believes in us. Like no one's expecting us to win. We've got we've pretty much got nothing to lose. The whole team's very young and has got a, a bright future ahead of it. Go for broke. Have fun. Make risks. And and so I wouldn't be shocked if they. I wouldn't be shocked if they went 0-2, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they went 2-0 in groups. Mm. Like I think, I think, and then uh, Furia, Furia. I'll admit I don't. I haven't watched much Furia. Um, I know they had a tough time at Champions last year, um, so well, it would be nice to see them recover because um, Brazil is. Because so, so, one thing that kind of hurt viewership a little bit in Masters Copenhagen was Brazil. I believe it was Brazil. Yeah, because Loud got eliminated nice and early. Um, like O2 in groups, and then pretty much all of viewership for Brazil just fell off a cliff because they didn't have a representative left. Um, so I'm hoping Brazil does much better this time, just for the sake of numbers. So people won't start start. People will continue to falsely claim that Valorant's already dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, thank you so much for your excellent analysis. 
Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm always happy to rant, Valorant. I'll be doing plenty more of that this week in writing form, so happy to get started now. <laughs> and that was FTW with a ModCon, part of the Dot .esports podcast network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. To follow Scott and keep up to date on Valorant, you can find him at CounterScottGo on Twitter. To follow me and my work over at CNET, you can find me at Imod on Twitter. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.